Welcome to church this morning. It's great to be with you all. Um, welcome to those who are visiting today. Uh, welcome to our OCC family. Uh, we hope that you um, feel comfortable here worshipping with us this morning. And welcome to all of those who have been with us um, since March online. Um, we hope that you have a really God-filled morning with us this morning. If you have any prayer requests, please do submit them through our prayer channel, um, the email address, and we've got a wonderful team of people that would love to be praying for you throughout your week. Um, and, um, and please do let us know any praise reports as well. It's really encouraging for everybody to hear what God's been doing. Please use the chat online this morning just to um, encourage each other and to share words of wisdom or scriptures that we might have and just to say a, a nice hi to everybody. That's really nice. Um, we're going to spend some time in worship this morning and we just want to um, lift our praises to God wherever we are, whether we are with another family in our OCC church or whether we're at home doing this again. <laughs> um, in front of the TV or our computer. We just wanna spend this time worshiping the Lord. So I'm just gonna um, share some scripture with you this morning that um, popped into um, my time this morning, and then I'm gonna pray for everybody. It's from Psalm 18, and it says, "'As for God, his way is perfect. "'The Lord's word is flawless. "'He shields all who take refuge in him. "'For who is God beside the Lord? "'And who is the rock except our God? It is God who arms me with strength and keeps my way secure. So Father God, we thank you for this morning, for this new day. And we thank you that um, wherever we are in the Stratford district or whether we're not even in the district and whether we're watching this um, live this morning or within the week, Lord, we just ask that you will bless this time together and that we will be filled with your Holy Spirit afresh. Amen.
Yes, Lord, we thank you for your love that you have poured out for us. That yet while we were still sinners, Christ, you died for us. Just been reminded of Psalm 40. It says, I waited patiently for the Lord. He turned to me and heard my cry. He lifted me out of the slimy pit, out of the mud and the mire. He set my feet on a rock and gave me a firm place to stand. He put a new song in my mouth, a hymn of praise to our God. Many will see and fear the Lord and put their trust in him. Just so thankful this morning that God has lifted us. Whether you've had the kind of life where you can look around and say, wow, that was a slimy pit that he's pulled me out of. Or maybe your life's been pretty stable. Let me tell you, on Christ, the solid rock I stand. All of the ground is sinking sand. When everything else has the potential to fall, uh, Christ stands strong and he's who we stand on. He has lifted us out of uh, the slimy pit that we all find ourselves in. And he's put us on a, a rock uh, that is himself, that is able to save us uh, and set us free. Uh, and so uh, we're just so thankful as a church that we get to gather online. We get to sing praises. Uh, not even uh, nothing can stop us being able to lift our voice and praise him. Our worship has not been stopped. We gather and we worship and we lift and declare just how good God is. And we do that as a family. And like any family, we accommodate everybody, uh, the youngest to the oldest. And so what we're going to do right now is we are going to accommodate the young kids. And so if there's kids in your household, pull them in. Uh, we're going to do a kids song right now. It might be new to some of you. There's some actions. Uh, we're going to share the link to Kids Church uh, that, uh, that we share. And that, so your kids can do that during the talk that we've got coming up in a few moments. But uh, loosen yourself off. Get ready to do some dancing as we sing this song together right now. Yeah. 
an amazing family we get to be a part of this morning uh, that God has uh, just brought us uh, together and we get to celebrate who he is and it's every race and it's every nation and from the rising to the setting of the sun today God's people are worshipping him and declaring him as the one true God and we get to be part of that this morning uh, and so thank you for being online we appreciate every single one of you for coming online this morning uh, I know there's a million and one other things and sometimes coming online yet again can be uh, a really challenging thing so thank you for taking the time to be together uh, and you know I'm encouraged every week just to know as I sit here in my office there's others around the around our county that are worshipping together and we're gathering as a family and doing that so uh, just thank you so much for being online. Uh, just a few notices we've got a guest speaker this morning Paul Hudson who is our regional leader uh, kind of like a bishop I guess uh, for our area uh, so really privileged to have him speaking to us this morning but let me just share some notices with you. You'll have heard last week that we um, are planning to be able to do a food bank collection this week so uh, hopefully up on the screen is going to be coming some there we go some details of the collection points the days and the times for this week so we're uh, we're not going to be gathering online as a um, connect groups this week we're going to pause that for this week to be able to create time for people to go and get the shopping if they need to and during those times where we'd normally have connect groups, uh, we're making those available for anybody. You don't have to go to the one that's your night or afternoon. That's fine. You can go to any of them. Drop off your donation. Just leave it on the doorstep. Knock the doorbell. Uh, knock the door and ring the doorbell and someone will collect that and take that away. And we'll be able to gather all of that up to be able to give one big offering to the food bank. I know this year, um, probably more than any, the, the demand is going to be so high for people. They're already seeing an increase in the amount of donations needed uh, to get people through the winter. And so anything you can give, um, we're going to send out a link tomorrow and we'll do that through connect groups as well for the shopping list for things and ideas that you can get. Uh, if you're unable to get out, please uh, contact us. There's an email address on the screen there, admin at occ-stratford.org.uk. If you email that, we've got people that are willing to come and pick up your donation. If you're not able to get out with your shielding or uh, are not comfortable coming out, that's absolutely fine. We've got some people that will come and collect that offering for you, uh, those food bags. So please, if we can be a generous church this year, let's give as much as we can to the food bank to support them. That would be fantastic. Uh, also, last week at the end of the service, we gave out a, a, a link to a regathering survey. To, to those that have done it, we've had a really great response already. So thank you for taking the time. It's about two or three minutes. Again, we're going to do the same this Sunday, just for those that are able to uh, click on that link and it will take you through to a regathering survey, uh, just for us to start to look at what it means for us to begin to consider regathering as a church, how we navigate that. Uh, we're going to do it slow and steady and make sure it's safe for everybody. Uh, it won't be like it used to be, but we'll see what we can do about regathering. So if you can fill that regathering survey in, that would be fantastic. Uh, and finally, if you're able to support uh, the ministry of our church by giving financially, there will be a link that comes up in a few moments um, to be able to give financially into the life of the church uh, online through that link. Uh, so please, if you're able to do that, that would be fantastic. Um, but I don't want to delay anymore. We've got a great speaker this morning, Paul Hudson, who has done this message, especially for our church uh, for this morning. So uh, get yourself a cup of coffee, sit down. The kids link should be there for them to enjoy kids church. So sit down and enjoy uh, Paul Hudson, who's going to bring the word to us this morning. So thank you, Paul. What is the church going to look like when we are really through this pandemic and we are back to, can I say the word normal? Let's just put that to one side for a moment. The Christian belief, according to statistics, has halved in Britain in the last 35 years. Just one in three people now would identify themselves as Christian. And atheism and Islam are continuing to rise. The mission, the gospel, is never as important as it is now. And the church coming out of lockdown, however that looks like, must not be a church where the programs, its own programs for itself is the most important thing. The worship experiences for themselves is the most important thing. The buildings are the most important thing. No, none of those things. The church coming out of lockdown, if they've learned anything, it must be that the people outside of the building are really important, more important than anything of themselves. 
I'm not convinced that the church that I grew up in was any more alive than the church that it is today. I do remember charismatic programs and churches being filled and the excitement. Those are what's in my memory, but I'm not sure if actually the church was already falling asleep to the world around it. But what I do know is that in every generation, the church has to answer a theological question. And I really do believe in 2020, this question is really, really important. The question is this, who is Jesus? Whilst the world around the church, they are continuing trying to answer their question, which is, what is the meaning of life? That question continually goes around full circle. Way back in history, in 500 years before Christ, the Greeks were asking whether in a changing world there was an abiding principle, or a reason. Is there a reason for all of this? And their conclusion was summed up in one word. It's called word. Which is the English translation of the actual word, which was logos. For them, the word was something that shaped our lives in this world. It was pre-existent and it bridged the gap between God and the world. Now, that was the Greek position, Logos. The Jews also believed in the word. The word was created before the foundation of the world. It had creative powers. It accomplished God's purposes. And it was the source of revelation to the prophets. What was it called? It was called the Torah, the first five books in the Old Testament. The word, Logos, the Torah, trying to answer the meaning of life. Every generation ask that question why are we here perhaps 50 to 70 years after jesus his loved disciple john wrote his gospel fully aware of the greek and jewish position regarding the meaning of life and the reason for it all and why are we here etc this is how he starts his gospel in the beginning was the word and the word was with god and the word was god so from the springboard of this Logos and Torah, John would go on to record that Jesus was the bread, the light, the door, the shepherd, the resurrection and life, the way, the truth and the life and the vine. And he does so by using two simple words that even Moses would not use of God because they were so holy. And those two words are I am. But more than this, in order to demonstrate who Jesus is, John tells us why he wrote the gospel. In chapter 20, verse 30 to 31, Jesus performed many other signs in the presence of his disciples, which are not recorded in this book. But these are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and that by believing you may have life in his name. John is trying to answer the question, who is Jesus? And he includes seven miracles, seven signs, turning water into wine, which we're going to look at, healing an official son, healing at the pool of Bethesda, feeding the 5,000, walking on water, healing the man born blind, and raising Lazarus from the dead. And these miracles are rooted in the Old Testament and especially to reveal that Jesus is greater than the prophets, such as Elisha. John the Baptist was often referred to as a symbol of Elijah who was preparing the way for Elisha. In fact, Jesus called him this. So as we read this miracle of the water being turned into wine, we're going to see how Jesus at first, he indicates a reluctance to do this miracle, but then goes ahead anyway. And it's so similar to the story of Elisha and that of the trenches being filled with water. And there's a great victory uh, for God's people and God is glorified. It's to indicate who is Jesus. It's to show that Jesus is greater. Well, one final thing to say before we read Perhaps 20 years previously to the gospel being written, there's a huge momentous event that has taken place with far-reaching consequences. 
the second temple was destroyed in AD 70. John throughout his gospel shows that Jesus is the fulfillment and indeed the replacement of the Jewish festivals and the temple. The point being is this, that with the destruction of the temple, God has not left. He has not lifted his presence. In fact, through Jesus, he is here more than at any other time. And how encouraging is that for us, for you, for me, who look at, at circumstances that sometimes feel very destructive. My friends, God has not left. Jesus is here. Let's read the passage. John 2. John chapter 2. On the third day, a wedding took place at Cana in Galilee. Jesus' mother was there and Jesus and his disciples had also been invited to the wedding. When the wine was gone, Jesus' mother said to him, they have no more wine. Woman, why do you involve me? Jesus replied. My hour has not yet come. His mother said to the servants, do whatever he tells you. Nearby stood six stone water jars, the kind used by the Jews for ceremonial washing, each holding from 20 to 30 gallons. Jesus said to the servants, fill the jars with water. So they filled them to the brim. Then he told them, now draw some out and take it to the master of the banquet. And they did so. And the master of the banquet tasted the water that had been turned into wine. And he did not realise where it had come from, though the servants who had drawn the water knew. Then he called the bridegroom aside and said, everyone brings out the choice wine first and then the cheaper wine after the guests have had too much to drink. But you have saved the best till now. What Jesus did here in Canaan of Galilee was the first of the signs through which he revealed his glory and his disciples believed in him. After this, he went down to Capernaum with his mother and brother and his disciples. And there they stayed for a few days. Welcome to the first miracle of Jesus, a sign that he is the Son of God, a sign that John used to answer the question, who is Jesus? Let me tell you this, that he, Jesus, is good. We've all heard about the weddings from hell. The closest one to hell that I've ever officiated at is when the bride was not just over 30 minutes late, due to her father needing another drink to get through the ordeal. But when the father turned up, yeah, he was very worse for wear. And they had to be he had to be brought in from the around the back of the church building um by his friends to try and get him together. Uh and I don't know how they did it, um, so that he could walk his daughter down the aisle. When things go wrong at certain events, then the embarrassment and the shame are palpable. This elderly disciple remembers something 50 years previously. He remembers it was the third day. An important little detail. In the creation order, the third day was good because it was the day when all the fruit trees were created and the vines that produced the grapes that brought the wine. It was a day of blessing, but more than that, it was a double blessing. While every other day ends with a famous commentary that God looked around and said, Wow, this, this is good. The third day is a little different because the third day gets two declarations that that day was good. Now, who would not want to be married on the day of double blessing? And that's why the third day is often used by the Jews. They would want it to be a wedding on that day. Here at the wedding, the wine, which is a symbol of blessing, was flowing and it was good until the blessing ran out. South African Archbishop Desmond Tutu, author of Made for Goodness, was answering readers' questions in the Time magazine. Here was the question. After all you've seen and endured, are you really as optimistic as your book Made for Goodness says you are? Tutu answered, I'm not optimistic, no. I'm quite different. I'm hopeful. I'm a prisoner of hope. 
in the world you have very bad people, Hitler, Idi Amin, and they look like they're going to win, but all of them, all of them have bitten the dust. Friends, you and I, the whole world, we are made for goodness. David referred to himself as a flea on two occasions, a dead dog and a worm. Moses looked at himself and said, I'm not up to the task. Gideon believed he was the weakest. The list can go on, character after character. It seems that every biblical hero had to get rid of the worthless things that they were clinging onto that had become the focus of their life and the shaper of their life. Friends, we need to stop thinking negatively either about ourselves or about our circumstances and we need to think about our purpose in this world and about Jesus. We have a good shepherd, we have good news and we should be the good Samaritan. When you question whether it was worth it, when you ask whether you have been taken for a ride, when you see nothing from your acts of kindness, it is then when you are bordering on the entrance of goodness. And when you are moving into the place of goodness, then you are being a disciple of the person, Jesus, who is good. Jesus is good. Secondly, Jesus is looking for partnership. Here is another detail. So John remembers the third day, a day of double blessing. He remembers another detail, an important one at that. Jesus' mother was there. As his mother, she knew he could do it. She knew he could, all, he could make all things right again. We know very little of his first 30 years growing up in Mary's home, but Mary knew it. What had she heard? What had she seen and experienced? Whatever it was, she knew he could just do this. Do you know that? Do you know that Jesus can do it? If Jesus learnt obedience as a child in Nazareth, Nazareth then Mary surely learnt obedience from him also, so much so that Jesus' response um, was, as he used the words, was, Dear woman, Jesus says to Mary, My, my, my time, my, my hour has not come. John would write later in, ch in chapter 7, verse 40, that Jesus is teaching the temple courts and the religious authorities tried to seize him, but no one laid a hand on Jesus because his hour had not yet come. Later again, Jesus is teaching near the temple and he declares, I am the light. And they were furious. Yet no one seized him because his hour had not yet come. In chapter 12, just after the triumphal entry, Jesus uh, declares the hour has come for the Son of Man to be glorified. Prior to him washing the disciples' feet in chapter 13, Jesus knew that the hour had come for him to leave this world and go to the Father. And finally, what is the most beautiful of prayer moments in chapter 17? He looked towards heaven and prayed, Father, the hour has come. Glorify your son that your son may glorify you. In his gospel, John does not mention Jesus' mother after this moment of the wedding from hell until the moment she is very much aware that the hour has come when he writes in chapter 19, near the cross of Jesus stood his mother. Mary stands there in this wedding and she says, do whatever he tells you. Because she knew he could do it. Do whatever he tells you. I, I am sure our prayers each day have been along the lines of, I will do what you tell me. In our desire to be like Christ, we know he was sent by the Father, that he was an obedient son. In the wilderness, he had to choose obedience. And again, in the Garden of Gethsemane, the writer of Hebrews says he offered up prayers and that he learned obedience. For us to be in the image of Christ, we need to know that we are not first, but we are second. 
We are not leading everything, but we are following. We are not in charge, but we con we are conforming ourselves to him and not to our rights and our entitlement. We live in a society which looks so nice in that everyone is free to be whoever they want to be. But this is not true as a Christian. We have to be told. We have to be told to do what we are told. And we need to go and do it. And that's the partnership. Jesus is good. With Jesus, he's looking for partnership with us. The third thing I want to say to you is that he covers over the pain. Finally, another little detail. 50 years later that John remembers, he, he says there were six stone water jars 20 gallons of water in each for the ceremonial washing can you imagine needing to wash your hands again the jars are filled with wine and it speaks of his blood and at the last supper he would take the cup of wine and say this is my blood which i will pour out for you and the cleansing of Jesus replaces the ritual washing no matter how much you try and fix your life it is only Jesus who can do it the word became flesh. At Cana, the water became wine. And at the cross, the old covenant became new again. After all our attempts and our efforts, we try and we try, but we fail. A once in all time sacrifice. You've saved the best till now. See, when God steps in, it is always the best and nothing can equal. Our lives are built on the saving, cleansing, redeeming, justifying, reconciling, eternal, sanctifying, overcoming power of the blood of Jesus. The master says, you have saved the best till now. This is it. This is the best wine. This is the fulfillment. Out of something that represents our own efforts to be somebody that is acceptable. Jesus works a miracle, which is a sign for who he is he turns up and good things happen follow him in partnership and anything is possible he can turn your water into wine the very first miracle where he reveals his glory and where the divine activity of angels ascending and descending uh, that john wrote about a wedding at hell is where all of that happens not at one at one of the Messiah proof declarations like the healing of a blind man or the leper, the lame, those held in darkness. No, no. In, in seeking after the glory of God to be revealed. In our desire for his presence and power to be known in our lives and in our churches. Why don't we just begin with the simple? Why don't we just try and help out a family who are so embarrassed and ashamed of what's happened to them? It doesn't matter who is to blame. We don't have to conduct forensics and hold an inquiry. We just have to reach out a hand to make things better, to cover over other people's pain and humiliation instead of exploiting it Let's make things better for people. It may not seem much, but maybe it's the road to the glory of God being revealed in us and our churches. You see, when you answer the question, who is Jesus? And you find that, that Jesus is good. He's a, a, the Lord of the double blessing, that he wants goodness. He wants good things for for people he wants a good world he wants to turn things around and fix things and when you then know that and you then realize that he's calling you and me into a partnership of that to follow that to be a part of that to take part in what he is doing and then you realize that jesus covers over the pain and the shame he doesn't exploit it but he makes all things right again through what he has done on the cross then we get a picture of who jesus is and that's what we're called to 
And that's the gospel. And that's our focus. And that's what the church is all about. Let the world try and find the answer to the meaning of life whilst the church stands up and says, I will demonstrate to you who Jesus is and I'm going to come into the hell of your life and I'm going to show you the goodness of Jesus. I'm going to show you the partnership that I have with Jesus and I am going to cover over your pain because Jesus is the one who covers and deals with the shame of our life. Over the weeks and months to come, let you, Christian, disciple of Christ, let you as a church rise up and let the world know who Jesus is. May God bless you today. It was just before the service this morning, I was reminded of Psalm 34, verse 18. It says, the Lord is near the brokenhearted. He saves those crushed in spirit. I just want to pray for those that feel like uh, you're hurting this morning. As Paul spoke, just the pain that you experience. He said that Jesus covers your pain. We invite you, Spirit of God, will you just come and wash over the pain? As Paul said it there, he said he washes over the shame. For some of you, that's a word this morning. I just felt God say that that's a word this morning. You try your hardest to give the best wine you can possibly give. God, I thank you that you came. You gave yourself. That you're the best wine. Lord, help us to focus on you. In the midst of this season of the what ifs, the maybes, the buts. Lord, in, in the unknown of what is to come. Help us to fix our eyes on you. And the Lord, you, you are near to the brokenhearted. Those that, those that are, are crushed in spirit, you draw near to them and you save us. Because, Lord, in our brokenness, that's when we need you. And so, Spirit of God, will you just be with those today that need a touch from you? And just while we sing this song, Spirit of God, will you just minister to those that need your touch this morning? Jesus, we declare that you are enough. Whether it feels like it or not right now, you are enough. You are the best wine. So will you pour out yourself this morning over your church? We may taste and see that you're good. Come Holy Spirit. Thanks, Becky.
we declare that truth he is enough you broke the chains Lord. we we fix our eyes on you church i don't know if you know but that song was written by becky during lockdown and it's just a declaration of who jesus is and i think it's a song for our church uh, just a, a raising our voice of declaring you are enough no matter what happens in this world you are enough uh, and just thank you to paul for sharing that word this morning uh, we're going to share some links right now. If you're able to give to the food bank this week, then please, there's going to be a link that comes up with all of those details. If you're able to take our regathering survey, again, a link's going to come up. Again, if you want to sign up for our e-newsletter, you get that all sent through to you. But uh, let me just pray for us this week. Uh, and hopefully your week will go without hiccups, unlike this morning for some of us. Uh, and uh, and God will, will bless you with his presence this week. But let me just pray. Father God, I just ask that, that this week we would keep our eyes fixed on you. The Lord, you're the author and the finisher of our faith. The Lord, when we get lost, when we lose sight and we fix our eyes on ourselves, Lord, we realise just what a mess we're in. But God, we fix our eyes on you as a church and help us this week. Help us this week, Lord, to live from that place of being blessed. Not for it, but from it. That God, you have come and you have fulfilled all the law and the prophets, that we are who we are because of who you are. And we get to live this life in all abundance because of who you are. So Lord, help us this week to share that with those around us, to share that love as we live for you and from you in Jesus' name. Amen. Guys, have a blessed week. And if you're able to give in any way to the food bank, uh, then please, uh, that would be fantastic as we help those around us in our town. But have a blessed week and God bless you.